Well, good morning, Grace Church. My name is Steve Fuller, and I have the joy of being lead pastor here, and uh, it's been a good week. I've been hearing many reports uh, of how God's been working in us regarding watching our words, because last Friday morning, I taught from James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, about the importance of watching our speech, watching our words, watching what we say. And I've been hearing from many of you being convicted, growing, being shaped. And I want to share with you how God convicted me in this area this last week. It was Friday night, and God convicted me of something I said in the sermon last Friday morning that I should not have said. It wasn't wasn't true. Remember the story about David Brainerd? David Brainerd was one of the first missionaries to the American Indians, and when he was in college getting trained, um, he spoke something very offensively about one of his professors in the college. And I said that the board heard about that, the board of the college got together, they met, they talked, they prayed, I said they wept, and then they made the decision that they needed to kick him out of the school. Well, that was all accurate except for the fact that they they wept. the Lord just, I mean, I, I don't know why I said that. It wasn't in my notes. Um, no history book says that. And the Lord convicted me that I wasn't trusting him to use the story as it stands to accomplish his work, and that I needed to make it a little bit better, embellish it, exaggerate the story a little bit more. And, um, and it really grieved me, because I know the root of that was the sin of unbelief. And so I want to confess that to you. I am sorry for doing that. One of my convictions is I want to do all I can to be as accurate with the scriptures as I can be when I preach and to be as accurate in everything else that I, that's a part of the sermon. And I failed in that last Friday morning. So please forgive me. And I want to tell you the Lord has forgiven me and met me this week. Psalm 51 has been very, very precious to me this week. But I've been hearing other reports as well. And what's encouraging is I get the sense that God is is causing this expression of the bride of Christ to become more purified and um, more undefiled, which I think bodes very well for our vision to see home groups planted throughout Abu Dhabi and to see churches planted throughout Abu Dhabi and as the Lord works through the Gulf region. So good things are happening here. This is a very encouraging time. So let's all keep working on our words, watching what we say. So important. And praise the Lord for all the different ways that he's, he's working to do that. Very encouraging. So let's pray. I want to pray for the message this morning. Let's ask God to meet us as he's been meeting us week after week. So Father, I pray. Thank you for how you've met us through worship this morning the beautiful truths of who you are and who Jesus Christ is. And we love you, Lord. And we praise you for your word. What a treasure we have. And so, Father, would you teach us through your word this morning? I pray that you'd help me, Lord, to be faithful to the scriptures. Give me the right heart and the right spirit, Lord. And and I pray that you would give each of us uh, a teachableness, a a submission to your word, that we would say yes to what you're saying, even when it it shows that we've done something wrong, that we would say yes, and then that you would forgive us and comfort us and refine us and purify us and shape us as you love to do. 
So I pray that you'd come and just unleash the power of your word in our midst this morning. We want to meet you, the living God, in this word that you have given to us. So come and do that, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's turn to James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18 in your Bibles. I'll be teaching from the English Standard Version. Um, my Bible over here just for now. Okay, James 3, 13 through 18. And while you're turning there, I want you to imagine that uh, you have a dark spot on your skin, on your arm, and you think it's just a harmless freckle or a mole. Um, but one day you go to a routine doctor's appointment, and the doctor looks down at your arm, and he looks shocked and frightened, and he says, what, what is that? How long has that been there? You say, oh, it's nothing. He says, no, this is not nothing. This is very serious. This is skin cancer. You need to go to a specialist and get this taken care of immediately. Now, think of how thankful you'd be that the doctor said that when you go to a specialist and he looks at that and says, the doctor was exactly right. This is skin cancer. It's deadly. And the doctor removes it for you. The specialist removes it for you. Think of how thankful you would be that he did that for you. Now, here's why I mention that. That's what James wants to do for us in this passage today. Because we all have something in our lives that we tend to think is just a harmless mole or freckle. It's what James calls times where we have bitter jealousy or selfish ambition in our hearts. And we can think bitter jealousy and selfish ambition is, is harmless, not a big deal. But James, in great love for us, says, this is not just a mole or a freckle. This is deadly serious. And James not only tells us why this is deadly serious, but he also tells us how to be freed from that bitter jealousy and that selfish ambition. Let's take a look at what James says. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Verse 13, he says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Powerful passage. Now, as I studied this passage, I saw that James is saying that there's two very different ways that we could live. The first way, described in verse 13. Look at verse 13 again. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. So one way we can live is by being meekly submissive to God's wisdom. 
meekly submissive to God's wisdom. So that means, first of all, that we understand God's wisdom, the truth of who God is and who we are. We understand God's wisdom, first. Second, that we submit meekly to God's wisdom. We say, yes, we trust God's wisdom. And then third, the result is there will be this outflow of good conduct coming from our lives. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. So let's just take an example and see how that might look. Let's say, for example, that you play lead guitar and you love playing the lead guitar. You just, you just, you love music, passionate about it. You love playing lead guitar and you want to become part of the Grace Church worship team. Now, I didn't think of this illustration because this applies to anybody in particular. This is just purely out of thin air, okay? But so there you are, you want to, you want to audition for the Grace Church worship team because you're passionate about playing. And you have a friend of yours also who's going to be auditioning as well, who also plays lead guitar. You're both excited about this. And so you audition, and your friend gets the feedback that, yes, he's ready to be part of the worship team, and you get the feedback that you're not quite ready to be part of the worship team, that you need to work on a couple of aspects of your skill in in playing lead guitar. Now, at this point, One way that you could live is, according to verse 13, by being meekly submissive to God's wisdom. Okay, so what is God's wisdom? Well, James has told us all through his letter. He has told us that God is good. God is sovereign over everything. God is loving. And yes, we've sinned against him, but through Jesus, in great love, great compassion, and great mercy, God has made a way for us to be completely forgiven of our sins, completely, totally restored, reconciled to God, and that for the rest of our lives, God will satisfy our hearts with himself and orchestrate every event in our lives to bring us even more joy in him. That's the wisdom that James has been giving to us. So that's the wisdom. So James would call you first to understand God's wisdom, understand that God will satisfy you completely in himself and orchestrate every event to bring you even more joy in him, he promises. So understand God's wisdom first. Second, James would call you to meekly submit to that wisdom. That means you would trust. Lord, I trust your sovereign goodness in not, at this point anyway, allowing me to be part of of the the grace worship team. And and so you would seek your joy in God himself, not not in, in being part of the worship team. And then third, James would say that meekly submitting to God's wisdom, there will be this outflow of good conduct then from your life. You'll be spending time seeking the Lord, trusting him, fighting the fight of faith to trust his promises. You will humbly submit to the decision that the leadership team made to not have you join the team yet, and you'll even rejoice with your friend who is joining the worship team, even though you're not. Do you see how that would work? Meekly submitting to God's wisdom. That's one way to live, by meekly submitting to the wisdom of God. Now, there's another way we can live. That's verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. In other words, if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your hearts, that shows that you are boasting and not submitting to God's truth, to God's wisdom. So instead of being meekly submissive to God's wisdom, you're boastfully being false to God's wisdom, to God's truth. Okay, so here's how that situation would look. You just get the word 
back about the audition, that your friend is on the worship team and that you are, are not yet on the worship team. And if you're going resp- to respond by being boastfully false to the truth, even though you know the truth that God is good, he will satisfy you in himself. You can trust his good, loving plan for your life. Instead, you ignore that truth. You are false to that truth. You disagree with that truth. You don't trust God's sovereign goodness in what he has allowed to take place. You don't seek your joy in God. Instead, you, you linger over the fact that you aren't going to be part of the team and you love playing lead guitar. And, and how can you be happy if you're not part of the, of the worship team? You were made to play lead guitar on worship teams and you feel emptier and emptier and emptier and you grow more and more and more bitter. Bitter jealousy arises. You start to distance yourself from the worship people. You start to distance yourself from others on the church. You even start to think about ways, maybe you could spread some malicious rumors about your friend so he gets kicked off the team and then they'll need you and then they'll bring you on the team. Right? That's how it works. Two very different ways to live. Verse 13, James calls us to meekly Submit to God's wisdom. But the other way is to boastfully be false to God's wisdom, to God's truth. Okay, do you see the stark contrast between those two? Now, how could we tell if we're being boastfully false to the truth? What are some symptoms you would look at in your life to say, okay, I'm I'm living the verse 14 way. I'm being boastfully false to the truth. What are some symptoms? Well, James tells us in verse 14, you've already seen them. Let me just point them out more clearly. Verse 14, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and be false to the truth. So how can you tell if you're being boastfully false to the truth? It's because you see selfish ambition in your heart. It's because you see bitter jealousy. Those are two symptoms. Whenever you see bitter jealousy in your heart, Whenever you see selfish ambition in your heart, always the root cause is that you're boastfully being false to the truth. You're saying no to God's truth. That's what's always happening in those cases. Okay, so let's dig a little deeper. What is bitter jealousy? What does it mean to, be, to have bitter jealousy? And I just thought it was something like this. It means you're angry about something you don't have, right? Bitter, angry, jealousy, something you don't have. So you can tell you have bitter jealousy because you're, you're angry about something you don't have. So maybe you're angry that somebody else has more friends. That would be bitter jealousy. Maybe you're angry that someone has a better job than you have. That, can you see? That's, that's bitter jealousy. Maybe you're angry that somebody else is taller than you or has more hair than you, you know, or whatever it might be, okay? That shows that there's bitter jealousy in your heart. Can you see that? And I hope what you're seeing through this is, I have bitter jealousy in my heart often, right? Okay, so then how can you tell when you have selfish ambition in your heart? Well, I just thought selfish ambition means you want something, you're ambitious for something, for selfish reasons. Reasons which don't have to do with the joy of seeing God glorified in Jesus. You want something for selfish reasons, not not for God's glory in Jesus. So maybe you want to get the promotion because you think it'll make you look good. That's selfish ambition. 
or you want a bigger salary, you think it'll make you happier. And it will for a couple days or a week or two, right? Not as much as Jesus would, though. Maybe you want to become somebody's friend because they're like really popular, really connected, and you think it'll give you more status, make you look better. See, that's selfish ambition. Okay, so whenever we want something for selfish reasons, that shows that there's selfish ambition in our hearts. So we're asking the question, how can we tell when we're being boastfully false to the truth? How can we tell when we're living according to verse 14? And the symptoms are we see bitter jealousy in our hearts and we see selfish ambition in our hearts. Now, if we are honest and we're committed to being honest here at Grace Church, I think we will all agree that this is something that we deal with often. Don't we? This last week, I would guess pretty much for sure that every single one of us has battled with bitter jealousy about something and selfish ambition about something. So this is not just theory here. We're all battling between verse 13 and 14. Some days we find ourselves, I'm in verse 14 right now. Sometimes it's, praise God for your grace, I'm in verse 13. But the point is we all deal with this. And James wants us to understand how serious this is. It is not just a harmless mole or freckle when there is selfish ambition in your heart or bitter jealousy in your heart. But see, the problem is that instead of calling these things what the Bible calls them, namely sin, we can water them down, whitewash them. We can say things like, I'm just being human. Okay, but think about that. That is true. But see, there's a problem with humans. Sin. Sin nature. Right? To say, I'm just being human, that doesn't solve the problem. It's like, exactly. We need a Savior. We're in trouble here. So to say, you're just being human, that should never give you any relief at all. Okay? Or we say, you know, we all have our weaknesses. Nobody's perfect. I had a momentary lapse. There's ways we can describe this. It's like, well, it's just a freckle. It's just a mole. And it's a lie. And James wants to tell us it's not just a freckle. It's not just a mole. This is deadly serious. And here's the answer to how to get free. Okay? But to show us how dangerous this is, let's ask this next question. What is happening when we are boastfully false to the truth? The symptoms are selfish ambition, Bitter jealousy shows that we're being boastfully false to the truth. So what's happening when we're being boastfully false to the truth? Okay, so there you are. You just got the, the disappointing feedback about the, the worship team audition. You aren't trusting God's sovereign goodness. You aren't seeking your joy in God. Instead, you're becoming bitterly jealous, selfishly ambitious. You're saying things like, I'm supposed to be on the worship team. I can't be happy without being on the worship team. It's just not fair that they chose my friend instead of me. Or I'm, I'm always getting the raw end of the deal. Those are, those are ways we talk at this time. So when you're saying those kinds of things, what's really happening? Look what James says in verse 15. Here's what's really happening. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. So James describes what's happening in four ways. First, he says we're following wisdom that's not from above. Okay, if, if this wisdom that we're following is not from above, 
That means we're not following the wisdom that's from God. Okay, because God's wisdom is from above. God's wisdom is perfect, flawless truth. Any wisdom that's not in accord with his wisdom is imperfect, lies, falsehood. So if we're not trusting God's sovereign goodness, if instead we're saying, I'm supposed to be on the worship team, we're following wisdom that's not from God. It's false. It's not true. Second way James describes this. He says we're following wisdom that's earthly. I really puzzle. What does that mean? It's earthly. And I think what James is talking about here is that ever since Adam and Eve sinned, at that point, Genesis chapter 3, the fall, God allowed the world to fall under Satan and sin. Satan's rule and sin's power. God and his sovereignty purposefully, it's all part of his purpose, but he, he allowed the world to come under Satan and sin. And so the earth is full of Satan's power and sin's rule, sin's lies and deception. So if you respond to that audition news and, and you, don't, you don't seek your joy in God, God, my joy is in you, I'm disappointed, but come and comfort me, show me your love, show me your beauty. If we don't respond that way, if we say, I can't be happy without being on the worship team, then we're following wisdom that is earthly, which means it's sinful, it's wrong. Third way James describes what's happening. He says we're following wisdom that's unspiritual. That means it has nothing of the Holy Spirit in it. Nothing of the Holy Spirit. Now why is that so serious? It's because apart from the Holy Spirit's work, our sin will always distort the truth. Apart from the Holy Spirit's work, we are in sin, and our sin will deceive and distort and twist the truth. It'll be sinful deception. So if we refuse to submit to God's wisdom, if we say things like, it's not fair that they chose that other guy, that wisdom is unspiritual. It's deception. We're being deceived. We're believing something that's not true. Does this this sound too, too harsh, what James is saying here? You all look like you're kind of stunned here. Okay, but again, if it's, if it's deadly cancer, the doctor's trying to explain, take this seriously, okay? So it's because he loves us, right? So James, four times, he says, it's not wisdom from above, it's earthly, it's unspiritual. He wants to make sure we get it because he loves us. It would not be loving if he said, oh, it's just a freckle, right? But there's one more way he wants to describe it, which is even more serious. It's kind of shocking. He says, we're following wisdom that's demonic, demonic. I mean, that's like, you know, demons and like exorcists. What are you talking about? Demonic. Well, the Bible says there are demons. Demons are very powerful, supernatural beings who are pursuing Satan's will and purpose to draw people away from Christ. There are demons who are seeking to draw you, me, us away from Jesus Christ. And so when we ignore God's wisdom and say things like, I'm always getting the raw end of the deal, okay, we are believing wisdom which demons are seeking to use to draw us away from Christ. That's their intention at that point in time. Do you feel how serious that is? If we are boastfully false to the truth 
We still have some kind of wisdom we think is wisdom in our minds, but it's not the wisdom from God. It's not the wisdom from above. It's wisdom that is earthly, that is unspiritual, that is demonic. And it doesn't get any more frightening than that. And James wants us to tremble a bit at this point in the passage. Are you trembling? And this last week, we've all had times where we were moving towards verse 14, boastfully being false to the truth. I have, and you have. Are we feeling it with the level of seriousness that James wants us to feel it? So it's dangerous. We should not just say, I'm being human, I have my weaknesses, I made a mistake, I had a momentary lapse. No, I'm following wisdom right now that's not from above. It's earthly, unspiritual, it's demonic. And not only that, look at what James says in verse 16. He says, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Okay, so my life will produce disorder. And that, that has to do with relational conflict and arguments and squabbles and fights and quarrels going on. So conflict, disorder, so it's being talked about there. And every vile practice, all kinds of sins going to be multiplied, just gushing out of me. So if I'm being boastfully false to the truth, I'm following wisdom that's not from above. It's not true wisdom. It's earthly and spiritual. It's demonic. And everywhere I go, I'm going to be sowing disorder relationally and vile sins going to be spewing out from me. That's an awful picture. And James wants us to feel that because he loves us. It's not just a freckle. It's not just a mole. It's deadly. But there's good news. Wonderful good news. How can we stop being false to the truth? How can we be freed from this earthly, unspiritual, demonic wisdom? Look at the first five words of verse 17. But the wisdom from above. Okay, just stop right there. The wisdom from above. Remember, there's two kinds of wisdom. Okay? There's God's wisdom, which is from above, and then there's wisdom which is earthly and spiritual and demonic. And the fact that, that there is wisdom from above, that God's wisdom is from above, means we don't have it in ourselves. It's not found around here, okay? It has to be given to us from God. And that's what he's done right here. You are all holding in your hand the wisdom from above, the Bible. Here it is. And look at what James says back in chapter 1, verse 21. Here's where he's talking about that. James chapter 1, verse 21, he says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness, notice the same word, receive with meekness the implanted word, this is the word of God, receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls from sin, from guilt, and from this demonic wisdom from bitter jealousy, from selfish ambition. The word of God can save your soul from these things. Now again, notice that word meekness. What we need to do is we need to open up God's word and receive with meekness the implanted word. He says it's implanted because when God saved you, he changed your heart. He implanted a new nature in you, which was receptive to God's word. 
And so when you read your word, it it moves right into your heart and it indwells there and starts to work and starts to shape you and fill you and strengthen you and comfort you and satisfy you. So it's implanted in you, but we still need to open up and read it. So we receive with meekness the implanted word day after day after day after day. Now, this does not mean you just open up God's word and uh, I know that verse. Okay, you know, and see, that's not meekly receiving it. To meekly receive God's word, you open up God's word and you read it meditate on it, you linger over it, you pray over it. Father, help me to believe this. Help me to trust that this is true. I'm I'm not really believing it right now. Forgive me. Help me. So for example, you hear the results from the audition for the worship team. You might come home and open up to John chapter 6 verse 35, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. John 6, 35. And you might open up to that and just say, right now, I'm, I'm not thirsting for you, Jesus. I'm thirsting to be on the worship team. I'm thirsting to play lead guitar on, on the Grace Church worship team. Help me to see that you're the bread of life. Forgive me for thinking that that is what will satisfy me. I'd still like to be on the worship team but that's not what's going to satisfy me. you got to be honest when you pray, okay? Only you are the bread of life. Playing lead guitar is not the bread of life. Help me see this. I come to you now. I trust in you now. I believe in you now. And as you pray, and as you confess, and as you meditate on who Jesus Christ is, the word will save your soul from bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. Your soul will be comforted, Your soul will be strengthened. You will see God in his love for you expressed on the cross. You can trust every turn of the road that he plans for you. Yes, it's painful to be told you need to practice a little bit more, but I trust you, Father. I I look at the cross. You didn't spare your own son. I know you love me, so you're loving me right now by having this decision come ultimately from you. I trust you. Now satisfy my heart in yourself. Comfort me in my disappointment. Help me. That's meekly receiving the implanted word. Don't you love that? And when you do that, selfish ambition will go, be gone. Bitter jealousy, broken, you'll be freed. You will no longer be boastfully false to the truth. You will be meekly submitting to God's wisdom. And your heart will be comforted. Your heart will be strengthened. You will be able to love the people on the worship team. You'll be able to come and just worship the Lord on thinking, I should be up there, I should be up there. Just, Lord, I trust you. You'll be able to celebrate with your friend that he is now part of the worship team, even though you're not yet. See how that works? You'll be transformed. So James is saying here. And what will the result of all that be? Verses 17 and 18. Look at what James says. He says, but the wisdom from above, here's what will result from Meekly submitting to God's wisdom. The wisdom from above is first, pure, that is your heart will be set free from sin. Then peaceable, your heart will be at peace. We sang this morning about peace that's unexplainable. How could you who loves playing lead guitar, auditioning for the worship team, hearing not yet, how can you be completely at peace about that? satisfies me. He's my bread of life. I've got all the bread of life I need. I can trust him. Peaceable. Gentle. 
You'll be kind and gracious even to the other guy who was accepted to the worship team. You'll be open to reason. You'll see that maybe you really do need to practice a little bit more. Maybe. You'll be full of mercy and good fruits. Everywhere you go, you'll sow love and you'll sow mercy. You'll be impartial and sincere. You'll care for everyone equally and sincerely. And then verse 18, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You'll be full of peace and you will sow seeds of peace and you'll walk in righteousness everywhere you go. You'll walk in love. You'll walk in tenderness. You'll walk in grace. You'll walk in purity. You'll walk in holiness, love for Christ, love for those around you. Jesus will be glorified. You'll be full because you're meekly submitting to God's wisdom. It's not just a freckle. It's not just a mole. It's deadly serious. But God's word can set us free time and time and time and time again. So whenever you find yourself bitterly jealous, selfish, ambitious, selfish, with selfish ambition, understand that you are boastfully being false to the truth. You're following wisdom that's not from above. It's earthly, unspiritual, it's demonic. It will produce all kinds of disorder and it'll spew forth every kind of sin. So turn to God, open up his word, ask a brother or a sister in your home group, what scripture would be helpful for me to, to pray over, to help with this issue that I'm struggling with. Pray over God's word, put your trust in Jesus, ask him to forgive you. He'll assure you of his forgiveness. And then you will see and experience his word setting your heart free. You'll be filled, you'll be satisfied, and you'll be changed. That's what James calls us to do. Grace Church, let's be a church that fights selfish ambition in our hearts, fights bitter jealousy in our hearts, and that walks in submission, meek submission to God's wisdom. Jesus will be glorified by our love for each other. There's all kinds of ways we will disappoint each other in the months and years ahead. We don't want to, but we will. We don't intend to, but it'll happen. But oh, if we can walk this way, we'll be loving each other no matter what. And lost people will see this love and they'll say, there's something true about Jesus. And as you move into the workplace with this kind of love, people will see something very different about you. Let's live this way for the glory of God. Let's pray. Lord, I ask that you would touch each heart right now. Lord, I would guess some here right now are are struggling with some bitter jealousy and some selfish ambition. And first of all, Lord, just pour your grace upon them and your love upon them right now, I pray. Please do that, Lord. And, and let them hear this word not as a threat or as condemnation in some way, but as an invitation to freedom. Please, Lord, those who right now are struggling with this, let them hear this as an invitation to liberation to peace, to joy, to purity because of what you can do in our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that this coming week, as we see in our hearts bitter jealousy rising up or selfish ambition rising up, that we would not think, oh, this is just harmless. This is just a phase I'm going through. I didn't get enough sleep last night. But Lord, that we would see that it's serious. And that as soon as we can, we would sit down and open up your word, which is the wisdom from above. And that we would meet you in the truth of your word. 
and meekly submit to your wisdom as it's revealed in the word. Because as we do that, you'll change our hearts. So I pray that you'd help us, Lord, come and do a powerful work in Jesus' name. Let's stand.